podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, it's Thursday, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by John Paul Mason, welcome back, sorry I didn't make it last week, but I've been here three days in a row on the Axon Bulletin, it's pre-season, there's loads of chat around gossip, who's coming in, who's going out, the strap line, um, it doesn't ask the question, it makes the statement, why Celtic summer spend should top £25 million, we'll be talking about that, and all other manner of things Celtic related, JP, how's your week been so far? Uh, hectic, uh, to say the least. Kind of not stop for breath. This is one of the first times I've actually sat down in my flat for about <laughs> six or seven days. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Just a lot of gigs, uh, and uh, yeah, just just uh, holding on for dear life, really. But yeah, missing missing the foot. I missed the football last night. Missed the Scotland game. Uh, was working a show, so I don't know if it was as bad as all that. Seen a lot of comments saying that we were not at the races. I actually had tickets briefly for about twenty four hours, and then I had to had to uh, had to give them up because I was I was I was working. I couldn't get it covered, so I spared myself whatever however bad that was. I mean, did you see the game? Was it bad? I didn't actually, uh, and not because I'm anti uh, the national team or any of that kind of stuff, JP, just similar to yourself, a wee bit hectic, going down to Nottingham tomorrow for a music festival that we're covering, Uh, so last night was a bit of a a catch-up with the old Zeds uh, for myself, missed it, looked at the score after the event, because you always wake up at some uh, ungodly hour if you've had a wee nap, you get to an age where you have a wee nap, JP, you and I are in that stage of life. (laughs) <laughs> and you wake up at like two in the morning, have a look at the result. Wasn't surprised, I've got to say, I wasn't surprised by the result. Um, but what I'm going to ask you about that, even though I haven't watched the game as such, is it time for Callum McGregor to be Scotland captain as well as Celtic captain? Do you know, I saw a lot of that 
online, uh, I don't really know if it makes a massive difference. And people seem to have jumped on Andy Robertson a bit because he had a couple of beers on a bus. The mm. bus thing is a completely different kettle of fish. That is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. A bus parade for a for a cup double. I mean, really, was that necessary? I, I, I would. I don't know if I would have gone through with that. There may be people that agree with it and think it was all right, but it was a bit weird. But I don't. I don't have any issue with Andy Robertson having a couple of beers. What three days before a match? I mean, it's not as if he was tanning a bottle of Buckfast or something like that. Do you know what I mean? A couple of beers is surely not going to have that big an impact. You see the thing, JP, it's obviously like yourself. I've come through this period of, you know, kind of the old style football the, the, and, and, you know, that change into the modern game that we saw. I think the advent of that was the uh, introduction of Sky Broadcasting back in 92, I think it was, 93. Uh, the Champions League, the advent of that and what we now see as modern football and how we view modern footballers and we view them as completely different beings like these specimens that are athletes that, that can't possibly uh, enjoy fast food or a beer now and again and I just think that's unrealistic I really do I mean I, I think it would be absurd if they were to do something daft the night before a game couple of nights before a game but a few beers is that going to make any difference to someone who all year round is looking after their body like it's a machine I mm. don't think so I, I'm not getting too excited about that to be honest but it did bring up uh, something I remember Andy Lynch telling us um, when we were working on his book he was out of favour in the Celtic team and some of the older heads will remember it so he comes in as a player from Hearts he's a left winger uh, he can't get a game and he disappears and he's out, actually out the team JP for 18 months bizarrely and he's playing for the reserves and I've said to you before the guy that swapped him to a left back was John Clark who was looking after the reserve team at the time but before he put him in left back he tried him elsewhere and he put him up centre forward a few times he started scoring goals but he was so out the picture that he decided um, to go on the the first team's Christmas night out even though the reserves were playing Rangers the next day at Celtic Park and he knew he would be in the reserve squad but he decided to try and feel more part of the first team he would go on the night out with Big Billy and all the rest of the troops and Jinky and all this kind of uh, thing as you can imagine there was a few beers supped he woke up in the morning with a raging hangover and he had one hour to get up to Celtic Park and play Rangers and you can dig through the old Celtic views. Andy Lynch went out and scored four goals that day. And that was after probably rocking in at two or three in the morning, steaming. Wow. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's the way we've got to approach football. Absolutely yeah. not. But when I see that, I think, you know, had we got through, had we got a decent result, nobody would have bothered about a few beers three days ago, would they? No, I don't think so. And I think the the, the whole pitting Andy Robertson against Callum McGregor, I, I I, I don't really know what difference that would make to Scotland if Callum McGregor was a captain or not. I think Callum McGregor deserves to play in the midfield and be a, a mainstay, contrary to, again, a lot of chatter I saw online last night saying, uh, I saw one text that said Callum McGregor is a myth, right? So, I mean, you're, you're obviously going to know where that's come from in terms of the, the team that that person supports. But, you know, there's this, I mean, how could there be... Uh, 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 a kind of lobby for Ryan Jack to start over Callum McGregor based on this season. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we've watched Callum McGregor week in, week out. He drove the team, he, he picked the team up by the scruff of the neck at Ibrox and yeah. 
arguably that led to us getting back into the game, which led to us getting an equaliser that gave us a platform to go and get a winner, which we did. He played in that midfield. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Callum McGregor is, is worthy of his place in the Scotland team. I'm saying this having not seen the game last night, so I can't I can't say how well or not he played. I know he scored the goal. I did see the goal, and I, it was a bit of a, you know, it wasn't a world day, put it that way, but it was a goal nonetheless, and it was a goal that gave us, I, I guess, some sort of lifeline. Maybe, maybe there was no there was no lifeline to be had. I don't know at that stage in the game. I was just checking the score on my phone while I was side the stage. I didn't know what was going on in, in the actual sort of uh, you know the 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 the, the 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 play in the game. I didn't know how it was. I know that Craig Gordon saved a few shots early on, mm-hmm. uh, so seemed like we had to weather a storm early on. But um, as far as Callum McGregor, I, I'm 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 just happy for Callum McGregor to 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 play for to play for his team, and I, I love seeing. Celtic players play for Scotland. Always have done since I was a wee boy. You know, since you know back in the Paul McStay days, and mm-hmm. you know Roy Aitken and and players like that. You know, see, seeing guys represent um, Celtic at an international level is great. And the more Scottish players that we have, have the better. But captain say or not, he's you know he's a, a, a surefire starter for the Scotland team. Talking of captaincy, um, it was brought to my attention this morning that uh, a former Scotland captain, Graham Soonis, was getting interviewed before the game. JP, you might not have watched the game. Dig out that bit of content because that is content. So he's talking about being the Scotland captain and the, the fans start roaring just at that moment. But coincidentally, they're roaring because the Scotland team are coming onto the park. But Soonis, right, with the ego up to here, thinks they're roaring because he's just spoken passionately about captain in Scotland. And you should just watch it. It's brilliant. It will be a meme that will live forever on social media, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Um, we're talking about the, the spend this summer, and I'll give you my rationale behind that massive figure of 25 million quid. I'll also ask you um, in the comments section, you might be able to check this. Have we ever spent that in a transfer window? I would suggest probably not. Patrick Murphy comes in on the YouTube channel. I don't think we as fans should set a number or a figure. Ange will likely know who he already wants. Let's hope we move as swiftly as we did in January. Our board is ultra-cautious, though. Interesting weeks ahead. I do agree with that. And um, I think the number isn't being set. It's almost like a, a predicted cost. Should we buy the two players that we're trying to tie up permanently, JP, and Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers, and then we add to that with another X amount of players. That is the, an argument that every single one of us will have an opinion on. How many other players do we need to bring in? I would argue that we need to bring in a left-back, another centre-half, a striker, and potentially a defensive midfielder. Now, that's over and above Jota and Carter Vickers. That's six players. That's where I'm getting the £25 million from. Because if you buy four players in... JP, you're going to probably expect to spend three to four million if they're permanent signings on those players as well. That's where I've come up with the figure. Um, there's another good point coming down here, and I think it's a very decent point Johnny Ryan makes. Have a feeling more loans than buys. Hope I'm wrong. Well, in the past, Johnny, I would agree with every word of that because I don't think we use the loan system well enough, JP. But if you go by this season's um, signings, you know, Maeda, Jota, Cameron Carter-Vickers, it's worked for us this time round. So could we perhaps have another three 
loan signings or will we push the boat out with that big £25 million spend? What's your thoughts? Well, regards to the loan signings, uh, it's, it's not something I've ever thought about until I read that comment there, but we, we've, all, we've, we've had a tendency to bring loan signings in in January mm-hmm. and that that isn't really ideal, is it? Because you want, you want a player coming in on loan to get a pre-season to really feel part of the squad and part of the, the the season ahead, and then play a full season for Celtic, and then you see you see the players' uh, attributes and uh, what they can contribute over an entire season, rather than coming in like I know I know obviously Maeda came in, but that was with an option or an obligation to buy. So it was kind mm-hmm. of like we, we signed him basically. I don't think there was any real doubt that he was going to become a Celtic player. And then you think of players in the past that have come in on loan. Did Oliver Burke come in in the January? The team he did, I. Yeah, so he was the January signing. And then you've got Timo Weah, I think, as well. Jeremy Tolian. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a good few. And there's probably more that I've forgotten about. So if we are going to go into the loan market, I would say it's better to go into the loan market in the summer like we did last season with Jota and Carter Vickers where... They they had a full year to to feel part of the club, really see what everything's about, rather than just coming in. It doesn't seem late in the day in January, but it does kind of a little bit. It kind of feels like you're 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 walking into a dressing room that's kind of already been in the war, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. in the first four four months of the season, and they've already established a bond. But obviously, it's credit, to, testament to the dressing room that we've got that these players that came in in January were able to just, you know, fit in straight away. But they were all essentially signings, weren't they? They weren't loan guys that you kind of thought, oh, these guys are only going to be here till till May, and then they'll be away. Um, so, I and with regards to the players coming in and how much money we spend, I think, um, you know, none of us. We're saying like, well, we were, we actually were saying last season or last summer that this is we had we had to spend twenty five thirty million, and in actual fact, we didn't spend twenty five thirty million. Contrary to to a lot of uh, sniping online, um, our net spend was what was it like twelve million or something like that, eleven or twelve. Well, we spent twenty four, brought in thirty four, right, all in. So we're we're up, right? We've got money in the bank. Yeah, exactly. So we only have to look at last summer to to be able to point to that and say, well, we've got a manager and whoever's in charge of the signings who are quite prudent and 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 seem to finally be shopping in the right places as opposed to you know getting in people that don't contribute anything. Um, as as is what happened really in the previous summer, where we we've we've still got most of those guys that mm. didn't contribute anything. In the season where everything went wrong and there was no none of us none of us saw any of the games, and then last season those guys were still there and they didn't really contribute anything in that season. You know, that's two two years worth of players um, that we paid decent money for that haven't really done anything. It's going to be hard to get rid of them. This is a thing, and I know that sounds brutal when, but we're talking about football, and you know, football players are commodities for their clubs. Right, so I understand that it's very difficult for anyone to go to their work, JP, regardless of the wages, right, and not be able to perform, not be able to actually conduct themselves on a Saturday or a Wednesday night and, and play for their team. However, 
when it comes to football, when it comes to the guys involved, and we do have a question around that as we move into um, a kind of review of last season between yourself and I, we just need to move them on. And there's half a dozen players, I reckon, that, that are in that bracket. Um, and we need to move them on, actually, for the betterment of their own career um, and their own... Um, I mean, I, I think... The best example is Tony Ralston, right? There's a guy who's out the picture for all that time. I used the example of Andy Lynch before 18 months he was out the picture and he spoke about how that affected him. It affected his mental health, JP. Um, it must be very, very difficult. Uh, you must have some, you know, real strong mental fortitude to come back from it. Andy did, Tony Ralston did. I don't reckon any of the players that we're going to be talking about will come back from it. But I'll be asking that question. Jungle Lion, let's enjoy the weekend without any of that other nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be working, so uh, that's for sure. The Urban Culture comes in on YouTube. Welcome back. The Dross, still hanging around. 11 out, 5 in, and a couple of projects. The 5 in, I'm not a million miles away from that myself. I think six players need to come in. I'm also interested to know what is that cup that the Bairns sitting in on your avatar, Urban Culture. Please enlighten us. Um, I don't recognise it. A trophy, it's a fairly big... Is it even a trophy? It looks like a trophy. It's something Sam Memorial, I can see in the, in the typeface. You've got a better eyesight than I do, uh, JP, that's for sure. I can't, I can't, I can't see what, what precedes the Sam, but I think it's something Sam Memorial. Maybe Urban Culture, let us know. Uh, Kenny wants the league um, for me, Champions League again the following season. I'll be asking JP about that and how he thinks we'll fare in the second European campaign under Ange Postacoglu. And Johnny's back in. Have a feeling more loans and buys, as we said before. In the past, Johnny, I'd agree with you. I would hope that you were wrong, but um, based on what we uh, know over the last 12 months, I reckon things like loan deals have changed at Celtic Park. No longer will we be looking at Charlie Masonders and John Joe Kenny's. We will be looking at the bigger picture. Um, there was a player actually chatting about his uh, resurgence as a footballer, and it was Lewis Morgan talking about how well he's done over in the MLS. JP, he has taken an opportunity to get away from uh, British football and he's thriving over there, uh, first with Inter Miami. Um, where is he now? The New York Red Bulls, I think yeah. he is. Um, he scored the other day. Brilliant. Oof. I mean, but the, the reason I bring him up is one of the guys, one of the players that I want to talk about, and there's loads of, loads of players who I think their future is in the balance, like seriously in the balance now, is Mikey Johnson. And I've said before, a similar move for Mikey. He's a talented player. JP, every every one of his teammates when talking about technical ability always says he's, he's the most talented player um, in the squad. But it's not going to happen for him at Celtic, is it? I mean, is he someone that could have some kind of resurrection? Is it time to move on? Well, I mean, you take Lewis Morgan as an example. Lewis Morgan was pretty maligned at Celtic, you know. I mean, admittedly, he was played out of position and, you know, you go back to the games where was it the semi-final where he was played up top uh, in the, the November or no December 2019 League Cup final? He was like Lewis Morgan started up front, which you know on reflection seems completely absurd to think that a guy you know who was so lightweight had never really seemed like he was a striker in any way starts up front in a cup final. You know, it, it, it didn't really make any sense and then obviously he came off in that game and he didn't really come off with everybody 
sort of saying, oh, well, you know, he did a good job or whatever, because he didn't really, and that's probably because it wasn't his position. But Lewis Morgan's an example of someone that could be maligned, written off at Celtic and go somewhere else and find the comfort zone. Um, and yes, you could argue that obviously the, the MLS is the, the level that they're playing at isn't, you know, a great standard, but it's not terrible. It's not like conference league or anything like that. You know, he's playing in front of big crowds. He's got pressure to deal with. And yeah, he's he's doing well, and I, I'm I'm really happy for him. Like I, I, I never had an issue with, with Lewis Morgan. It, it just it just didn't seem to 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 work for him at Celtic, and uh, you could tell that he was a, a decent player. Um, Mikey Johnston might arguably be better than him, and we therefore could go somewhere like the MLS and and tear it up. And I don't think anybody would have any ill will towards him. I mean, there does seem to be a lot of ne- negativity towards Mikey Johnson, which is, it's, it's, I find that really uncomfortable when you see people really going for someone like that. You know, I, I don't think Mikey Johnson's done anything <laughs> maliciously while he's been in a Celtic jersey, you know, like he's he's just been unfortunate with injury, really, really unfortunate with injury. The turnover of managers probably hasn't helped him either. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, who gave him his debut, JP? Who gave Mikey his debut? Uh, was it Brendan? Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers. I, I would, I would, would have thought so. Unless, unless, nah, wasn't. I don't think he played under Dyler, but I might be wrong. But um, I certainly associate him with that that time. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he played in that game. Remember the the game where we cuffed somebody. At, in Dyla's last game. Seven nil game against Motherwell. I do remember a picture of him with Brendan and Tony Ralston going up to the Green Brigade section of the park and Brendan was making sure that they got the applause. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But no, I mean I think I think Mikey Johnson will have to take stock of, of his situation. Um and whether or not he's got even an opportunity of getting in squads next season because you know the competition is there for all to see. In terms of our front three, there's there's a lot going on there, and Mikey Johnston is currently standing outside of all that. I definitely is, but like you say, I don't think um, it's nice to hear any kind of abuse um, to any Celtic players, particularly one who has been kind of unlucky with injury. Mm. Certainly, managerial turnover. I think also uh, what Lewis Morgan was talking about, JP, was the fact that he himself was unlucky with injury. And also, whenever he got a chance, it wasn't always in his preferred position because, you know, <laughs> getting a game for Celtic is so difficult. Mm. Uh, one criticism I, I used to have about him, I thought, again, technically, Lewis Morgan was a, was an excellent footballer, but he spent half half the game on, on the deck. He was always getting knocked off the ball. He seemed to lack that bit of upper body strength, which I think is similar to Mikey Johnson. You know, he's a jinky player. He can take guys on, um, but he doesn't have that physical attribute uh, that maybe you require to a degree in the Scottish game. Lee McGowan comes in. You're on the YouTube, Lee. Uh, good to see you, pal. Um, good football was Lee, by the way. Goalkeeper. Good afternoon, boys. If we spend well this year, we won't make the same mistake we did after Seville by not recruiting better. Now, this is interesting because um, just the other day we were talking about Martin O'Neill's second season um, as Celtic manager. And we were having a look at, uh, it was Lawrence and I were having a look at the second European campaign. And I think that uh, with a view really to saying, were we strengthening at that point? Were we 
developing, where we're evolving as a side, JP. So you look at his uh, first campaign, he wins the treble. Um, wasn't a great European run. Second campaign, uh, we we get through the qualifiers against Ajax. We play Porto, Rosenberg, Juventus, win all the three home games, lose the three away games, get knocked out even though we got nine points, and then Valencia do us in the UEFA. But the following, the following campaign is the UEFA Cup final. Um, and then the campaign after that, I think, is the one that Lee McGowan's talking about, um, and this failure to continue to invest. Um, and I think maybe partly that's where I'm coming from as well. Yeah, I get what people are saying. We don't know who he's interested in. Don't put a figure on it. This isn't us being kind of lax when it comes to finances either, JP. It's just that if you want to strengthen the team that we've got just now in those areas, you are looking at half a dozen players. And that is the kind of figure that you're going to come at. Um, yeah, I think he's been brilliant in bringing in players like Matt O'Reilly for a million and a half quid. You know, Joe Hart, just over a million. Um, also, I think Eddie Gucci was under under a million pound. Was he like 750 grand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got some of the players coming in for kind of higher fees. Uh, Hatati under two million. Juranovic, 2.7. You hope that we're still able to do that kind of business, JP, but we might have to shell out a four and a half on somebody like Starfelt or Kyogo. So the £25 million could be spent pretty quickly on something like six players. I want to have a look. I want to have a look at um, last season with you, JP, because we had our 1,000th episode not that long ago. I think we're on about 1,014 or 15 now. And I was able to ask quite a few general questions about the season we've just enjoyed. And I'd like to hear your thoughts as well. But before I do that, I need to ask you about the jersey over your shoulder. And also link that into what we've seen so far of the Celtic home and away kits. And your thoughts on them. I know you're a big fan of the football jersey. I just put that up because uh, all I can see right now on many people's social media feeds is, is Barcelona. Um, so I kind of wish I was in Barcelona right now because there's a festival called Primavera on. Um, don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, it's right down on the on the, on the the beachfront in the Parc del Forum uh, in Barcelona. And it's it's just it's arguably not as the best festival I've ever been to. Like There's, right. there's, no, uh, there's no way. It, it starts kind of late mid to late afternoon and then runs right through till sort of four or five maybe even later in the morning and uh, the lineup is always incredible like I mean I'll throw some names at you from this year Beck The Strokes Pavement Fontaine's DC um, there's there's many many others as well (laughs) Um, it's just it's just always right up my street and I've been a couple of times and yeah, it's kind of yeah. Seeing seeing all the Barcelona posts at the moment. Um, in fact, a friend of mine's there not for uh, the festival, but she took our our boy, and they got a stadium tour of Barcelona. Mm. And uh, first time, her first time in Barcelona, his first time in Barcelona. He's a mad Barcelona fan. I think he's maybe like thirteen or fourteen, and uh, she sent me a picture of him like beaming in the in the in the stadium. Beautiful, you know, blue skies. And uh, brought back memories of being there on a quite a cold night in I think October 2012 when um, the bold Samara scored and put us one nil up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never ever forget looking over at the scoreboard and seeing that we were beating that Barcelona team one nil. It's like I mean, in the new camp. In the new camp, ah, yeah, and like Neil Lennon was about, about this big 
away down in the in the uh, the dugout. It was incredible. But uh, yeah, I mean, Barca is always the sort of Spanish team that I've liked through the through the years, and I got that top a couple of years ago. I particularly liked that it had the old Nike badge, you know, with the the, the lettering as well. Because a lot of the tops now have just got the tick and yeah, they don't have the the Nike above it. So I like the colour. I, yeah. I think that could work for Celtic. That, that not the blue, of course. Well, the kits you talked about. I mean, I, I, that kit with the silver. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, that looks like it could be the real deal. And um, just you know, when you see like something like that on a on a on a on a um, coat hanger and. I, you can see tags on it as well. So, um, I'm not it was a carpet, wasn't it, JP? The carpet it was a giveaway. That's a Celtic Park carpet, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how the silver will look on. Like it looked a bit, a bit dodgy on the on the coat hanger. The other one I like. I wish they'd replicated the the stripes on the back. If you're really nitpicking at it, um, but you know, I I don't understand why they didn't. Maybe they did that because of the numbers thing. You know, like for for Europe, you know, it does look like that Champions League style yeah, big blanket, like yeah, patch on the back. I so I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll reserve judgment until I can hold it in my hand and 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 see it because I, I I didn't really like that dark green one from this season with the the big shamrock on it. Didn't like that to begin with, and then it grew on me, and I had it on me by the time we played the League Cup final, and it's now. And I've got Kyogo in Japanese on the back. First name I've got in the back since since Neil Lennon. So um, yeah, it's uh, that 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 kind of won me over. So I can I can be won over with Celtic tops. I'm not I'm not going to rule them both out straight away. I said something the other day, and I was lambasted for it uh, when it comes to Celtic jerseys. And please uh, just humour us for a bit while we get over our wee jersey um, affliction because it is an affliction. I had um, a reason to photograph the silver and pink one. Mm-hmm. You know, the bright pink. Mm. The only jersey, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, that we've never worn. We never wore that jersey in a game. Um, obviously, it was a season that uh, was the that was the lockdown season and all that. We never wore that, that in a game. And I was looking at the pictures and it actually looked okay. Now, people are thinking I'm losing my mind when I, when I say that, JP. Yeah, that was in the lockdown season. The pink and silver one. With the Coviet. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The Covet, the the V Covet, like the Adrianians Covet, was that the season before? It would have been actually twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, never wore it, never wore it. Um, still derided. I'm sure there's about fifteen thousand of them in a cellar somewhere at Celtic Park, unsold. But I was looking at it, thinking it looked all right. Nah, nah you're not having no, it, are you? Not having that. No, no, <laughs> and it's not because it's pink either. It just. You know, maybe you could make something out of a pink strip or whatever, but I just didn't. 
nah, it just didn't resonate with me at all. It was just it was it's so so left field that you know it's just something that you've never ever seen before, and I don't really know who pushed the button on that in the marketing department that went, aye, this will work, you know, because it was pretty obvious that, that you know, even if they, if they showed it to you and I, nerd, football strip nerds, we would have probably both given it a, a resounding thumbs down, you know. And but you take the template. Of that's an indication of the whole support, of course no, it's not, no. but like, you know, we have been kind of into football strips for a long, long time and probably have a fairly decent gauge of what would be a success to uh, to the, the to the support ergo how much pe- money people would spend on them and I would have looked at that and went no take take it off the table you know get some but the there. design make it brown and white um that would have worked Glasgow's brown and white um uh, yeah totally you know that, that, that would go down well probably like I mean it, obviously it would still probably split opinion and you'd get you'd get people slagging it for for obvious reasons for what it, like potentially could uh could uh, you know uh, <laughs> symbolise? But you know, for for the St. Pauli connection alone, I think it would that would go down well. That would be it would be good. What about a third kit this season, JP? Do we want a, a yellow kit? I'm a traditionalist. I like the yellow away jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably should be a bit more savvy in terms of what strips we can actually wear because we've made we've made strips recently where we've ended up having to use the, you know, I had to use the black strip last season didn't we because we didn't have a third kit that wasn't green you know uh, which, it's absurd yeah and then you obviously had the white one which you couldn't wear because if you were playing Hibs you couldn't wear that white kit against their green and white so we had to wear a black kit that wasn't even uh, an issue <laughs> shirt which that I mean to get yourself into that bother is a bit it happened before. It happened before. Remember the other pink jersey that Sinclair wore? We wore it at Easter Road when it was a season out of date. Yeah. And we still had to wear it. So, yeah. yes, I think they need to plan that a little bit better. The underwater cabbage salesman on the golf course listening. Love that. Where are you yeah. listening to your Axon Bulletin at 12.30? I know it's a wee bit different. It's the summer. You see, you see, you see the video of uh, Scott Brown and Johnny Hayes and I think it was Dubai. Like Scott Brown was filming Johnny Hayes and he hit an absolute... Perler a shot and you hear Brinny going oh just as well I was videoing that eh <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to absolute, say they were also listening to Axon absolute wanes both of them but, love it love it Paul McGurk can't wait to hear the Champions League music at Paradise again when was the last time we heard it was it 2017 mm-hmm. yeah incredible JP and we've also got uh, Brian Roberts welcome to the show Brian spend the money and trust in Ange that's what we're saying today. We're saying spend that money. Absolutely. Uh, list of questions for you, JP. I'm sure we'll go on a few tangents here and there, but that's what it's all about on a Thursday. Most improved player under Ange Postacoglu. Um, who is the most improved player? I mean, there's absolutely no question. It's it's uh, Tony Ralston. You know, he's turned him into a, a guy that you would absolutely happily have starting for Celtic. Whereas previously he was so far out of the picture, you know, that you only need to the, the, the proof in the pudding is everyone's reaction and our reaction on here when Anthony Ralston was given a a new deal, you know. I remember speaking about it on here and going, "Wow, it just shows you how short in numbers we are that we're given a year deal to to Tony Ralston," because you know I think he was probably as surprised as anybody to get that year deal, but he's 
he's grabbed the opportunity and and proved his worth. And you have to attribute his not all of his success because obviously you've got to give a lot of credit to the player as well. But it works both ways, you know. He was given a, an opportunity by the manager to to show what he could do, and 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 the manager put faith in him, and and he's 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 really really kicked on and uh, impressed everybody and become something of a cult favourite, you know. And and that's not easy to do at Celtic. It's certainly not easy to do at Celtic as a Scottish player, because so many a lot of Scottish players are in and around Celtic, and I think they're. A little bit. Look at James Forrest. I don't. James Forrest is is derided by many. Um, interesting to see his brother sign for Hearts the other day as well. Mm. Actually, yeah. decent signing. Yeah, but you know it's also interesting that Ian McCall reckons he's better than James. Oh, that's just madness. That, that's absolutely. just people opening their mouth and just saying things. Yeah. Yes, sound bites. Um, but no, but uh, I mean, it is hard to be a, a cult success as a Scottish player at Celtic. I mean, Kieran Tierney. You know, I mean. There was no way that that wasn't going to happen with Kieran Tierney. I mean, he was obviously a you know a well-known Celtic fan from from the terraces. He's got a lot of pals in the in the North Curve and elsewhere, the boys and stuff like that. So uh, he had that linkage. But you know, there's there is like Greg Taylor, for example. I mean, will will Greg Taylor ever win over the entire Celtic support? Probably not. Ralston has. Pretty much, you know, I don't think there's not many negative comments you'll see about Ralston. The, the odd couple here and there, folk trying to be, you know, um, a bit kind of what's the word? A bit kind of contrarian. Contrarian, yeah, 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 contrarian. Because I mean, you assess Ralston's, you know, contribution and and work this season based on you know being at most of the games, and and I saw a guy that was trying his hardest. And yeah, yeah, he's not the best right back in the world. He's not the best, you know, technical, technically gifted football player. But he, he, he has a will to win, and you can't have, uh, you know, you want as many people like that in your team as possible. I just remember JP, and I remember being called a walloper, which is a great put down. It's one of my favourites mm. uh, for suggesting that. Tony Ralston played well against Livingston that game that he had to play because we had virtually no players due to the uh, the Dubai debacle mm-hmm. and, the, and the fallout of that and I, I did feel that he was the best player on the park but even to suggest that you know was, was met with um, universal derision so he was that guy that you were saying before Mikey Johnson gets a hard time he was that guy and he's turned it around uh, mm-hmm. to the point where it's actually now surprising I remember last season there was a game where he wasn't that great against Motherwell away um, he'd been out for a few weeks comes in and he didn't look his sharp self you know he, he lost the ball far too often uh, but that's a surprise now uh, For that's not the rule that that is um, something that you don't expect from Tony Ralston that's the exception so mm. yeah Tony gets our bet, our uh, vote time and time again on here surely everybody, everybody said that right surely everybody said the same player who else has been mentioned? We've had a mention for Joe Hart. I get that slightly different angle. We've had a, a mention for Joe Hart because of where he was, mm. you know, prior to coming to Celtic. Uh, but Tony Ralston's getting it CSC all day long at Axom. AJSC Tech, great headline question from Axom today. I've been thinking about the arithmetic for months. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. JP, it's a, it's a test really of the resolve of the board now. It really is a test. I mean, <laughs> they came through last season um, and we'll, we'll all have different views on the board and the fact that a winning team takes a focus off them, which it undoubtedly does. I think the big test is now, right? You've done what you had to do last season. You got the right man. Everybody's going to give you credit for getting the right man in. Um, we don't really know who it is that got him in because everybody's taken a wee bit of credit, JP, for that. Um, probably Peter Lowell, let's be honest. And you've done well in the transfer market. You've done exactly what we had to do to get us to uh, back to you know being the top dogs domestically. And now we're looking at it and we're saying, right, let's do a rest on it. Let's go out and get those players. I think the point that came up before is making me wonder whether or not we use the loan market uh, justifiably by saying, look how it's worked for us last season. If we tie up the two. Now, Lanky67, who has been a regular contributor to Axom over the years, um, had some bad news just the other day in relation to his nephew, and he has given us an update. He's stable, uh, getting better. He's definitely a fighter like his family. Well, all the best wishes and our prayers and thoughts are with you, Lanky, and your family. Hopefully, he makes an absolute 100% recovery um, as well. And it's good to see that. Uh, the Axom community are supporting uh, one of their own as well, JP. Some of the chat takes uh, diversions and tangents on the chat as well, and that's what it's all about. And it's great to see regular names popping up on the discussion board as well. Um, now, if it's Tony Ralston, who's going to be next season's Tony Ralston? Will we have someone resurrected um, like a phoenix from the flames next season, JP? I wouldn't put it past Stange. Do you know... I- I thought about this uh, and there's one player that I would like it to be and there's one player that I hope it will be and I think it might be James McCarthy. Mm. Nice. I, I, I think I think there might still be a place for James McCarthy at, at Celtic. I don't think... that I've seen a lot of people writing out their lists of everybody they think should go this summer and he features in quite a lot of people's when they just throw him in with Bolongoli and Najeti and Barkas, etc. Um, but I, I, I've got a feeling that maybe with a, you know, maybe with a, a decent run in the team, potentially he could he could offer something. I've not, I don't think he's really let Celtic down this season when he's come in. I know he's not played a lot of football, um, and I'm not entirely sure what that what that the reason for that is, whether it was that he couldn't get near the team because of the how well the midfield were playing. But I don't know. I I, I would I would like that if that could if that could happen. Um and now there's there's two midfield spots. There's two people that were ahead of him for the midfield have gone. 
in Rogic and uh, uh, Beaton. So um, th- 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 there's obviously an opportunity there for him. I don't know. It's just it's a strange one. I remember last last summer we spoke about James McCarthy and how many games he would play and how many mm-hmm. goals he would have scored between you know last summer and this summer and and if you were to be completely honest, just sitting here going, it's not been a great signing. But there's also the the, the added thing is that you know he might be good for the dressing room um, and you know he's a senior player. He's he's played. A high level in England, you know, you you know you you want people like that around. In the same way that obviously Joe Hart's come in and been the influential person that he's obviously he's played every week. That's a that's that's a that's a given. But you know, I'm sure Joe Hart's influence in the dressing room stretches beyond the ninety minutes of football on a Saturday or a Wednesday. Do you know? So I I, I, I would I would like to see. I I, I just think it's. Uh, it's a strange one because you don't know what, what's going to happen. If, if if we were to release James McCarthy, which we can't because he's on a four-year deal, mm. um, where does James McCarthy go from here? Do you know, like he's only thirty-one. It's not it's not completely past it. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be, it'd be an inter- be interesting if in a year's time we're sitting here talking about James McCarthy having had a had a a, a stellar season and you know what what a difference in. And uh, fortunes from his first season, you know. We'll bring it up if, if in a year's time we are having that discussion, JP. We will bring up this episode, and I'll mm. make sure I don't um, inadvertently delete it, uh, <laughs> as I did with quite a few over the last oh, uh, week gone. or so. Uh, well, not all of them, just three months worth. Um, and I'll tell you what it is: we stream, we actually stream um, on a on a, a platform, mm-hmm. uh, which gives you fifty hours worth of a, of a vault. So you can get round to downloading them for the audio service, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you get two options: delete channel, uh, delete uh, content, or delete broadcast. If you click delete broadcast, it will delete it from YouTube, and that's what I did accidentally with ninety or a hundred or whatever. So yeah, they are still on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else, and also on audio. But you can't see the faces on YouTube. But um, we're back to normal now, JP. Errors do happen. But I'm looking, I'm just looking at last season. James McCarthy, 22 appearances, many of which were off the bench. I think when we were talking about him, we said something like, you know, if he, if he contributes and he gets 30 games under his belt um, and he's contributed to a successful season, then he's been a decent signing because he never cost us anything. Um, but, you know, 22 appearances isn't massive. I think we're looking towards next season. Callum McGregor, who is obviously an anomaly, he played 52 games. Carl Starfield, 49. Juranovic, um, 35. We'd be surprised that he played as many as that. And Stephen Welsh, even 24. He was on the fringes. So I think next year, Tony Ralston, 47 appearances. That's brilliant. I think that's probably matching every other appearance that he had played for Celtic previously. Mm. Um, so yeah, James McCarthy, that's an interesting shout. Um, best signing and why? Angie's best signing or the best signing under Ange? Because people even suggest that James McCarthy wasn't an Ange signing. I, I'm not so sure about that because I think every single one of them is run by him. Like Joe Hart spoke about it, didn't he? Um, there was an opportunity for us to sign him when we signed Barkas. Um Postacoglu goes back to him. He's not been identified by Ange Postacoglu, but he had the final word, the final say in whether or not we signed him. Um, so who do you reckon has been our best signing under Ange? I think for this season, I think Joe Hart, I, I don't think there's 
I can't really get past Joe Hart when I go to think of somebody because I just think of... I think, like I said, when I was talking about him as an influence in the dressing room, I think it stretches beyond the 90 minutes with Joe Hart. And I think... I just think having such an impact as a goalkeeper at a club, you know, I think one of the reasons people don't really have a lot of nice things to say about Craig Gordon is that he never really displayed a lot of affinity with Celtic. You know, I mean, Celtic's clearly not his team. Hearts is his team, you know, which is why he's back there. Um, I mean, lots of players come to Celtic and don't really, you know, immerse immerse themselves in the club. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. If players come and do their job and and are successful and leave and they're not all singing, all dancing Celtic fans as a result, I'm all right with that. You know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. But when something, when someone does come in and does get it, it's really, really great to see. And Joe Hart has has embodied that massively. You know, you just see the way that people uh, react to him at the games and seen the footage of him with his family after winning the, the title and walking around the pitch and stuff like that and and that picture he posted in uh, on holiday and, and he said uh, the, the, the locals here call this place paradise. They've obviously never been, have they? And I mean that you know, I mean I know that's people might be like, Oh, it's just uh, playing to the gallery or whatever but you kinda get the feeling that he does mean what he says. Um however if you're talking about signings that may impact next season, I think Dyson Maeda is 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 this is the signing for me that that could. I think Maeda with a preseason behind him and rest, you know, I, 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 I'm actually terrified for the defences next season to, to to have to deal with that guy because we saw we saw it and you know uh, fairly you know, large bursts of what he can do. Mm-hmm. And that is a guy that has already had a season of football behind him. I just think, uh, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a candidate for player of the year next season. Definitely. It's a, it's a great shout. Because... And I, don't think that's, I don't think that's bravado. I don't think that's like, I always get a little bit uneasy when people start saying, oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen or he's going to do this or he's going to do that. But I'm basing this on the evidence of what I've seen from the guy so far and what I think he could do next season. So, yeah, my either. The, the thing with that, though, as well, JP, is um, that onus on the players who didn't have a break, so Hatati as well. Um, we're going to see Idiguchi, who I think will be a different beast after a pre-season and rest. But then we, we've got players who didn't get the pre-season under their belt at Celtic, who will benefit from that, like Carter Vickers, hopefully. Uh, Jota didn't get the pre-season at Celtic. Yakamakis, uh, <coughs> Kyogo Starfelt, these guys, O'Reilly, that came in later on. Um, not in the pre-season as such didn't get their pre-season with Celtic that's going to galvanise them uh, embed them into the team even further and um, lots to look forward to but we are still looking to spend another £25 million here uh, Thomas Conley watching in sunny Forfar hail hail um, glad to hear it and welcome to the show Thomas Urban Culture is asking or saying better not be a music festival are we talking about Primavera or are we talking about Nottingham tomorrow because it is a musical festival on both counts. I'm going to Meadowlands to see um, Jerry Cinnamon, The Cooks and others, a band called Rats from Liverpool. Uh, Dylan John Thomas is on the bill, but we're actually there working 
It's not a jolly. We're there working. We're going to get some interviews and some content and footage. And we have Francisco Weldonino. Um, well, great, great name, Francie. Oi, oi, PJ and JP. No matter what we spend, Ange will bring in quality. I truly believe that he will. I do have that faith in him. I mean, when you look at the recruitment that um, Ange has been responsible for, JP, you do have a level of trust that regardless of what the budget is, he'll make it work. But we just want the board to back him. That's that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... I, I, I... I, I, we've always got to learn from mistakes in the past, but I mean, those mistakes were a long time ago. And even in recent past, I mean, the, the Rogers season where it went terminado was, that's now like, what, five years ago? <laughs> a Spanish vibe going on the show today. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's five That's five years ago now, mm. really, if you think about it. So there's there's been a lot of time to sort of reflect on that and, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely think I think Ange Postecoglou as well is quite uh, uh, cognizant of the fact that Celtic are not the type of club that are going to go out and fling money around right in a in a mad fashion. You know, I don't think that's I, I don't think he's expecting them to do that. I think he understands um, that it's not going to be about throwing money at, at, at players and, or trying to buy players that are out with our, our reach. I think the, re- the reason it got a bit muddy or messy with Brendan Rodgers is that he was kind of, I think I think he was wanting Celtic to kind of overreach a bit. And it was like that kind of middle ground between going for really top players who want top money. And it wasn't, the, it wasn't willing to sort of yield on that. And uh, I mean, I don't know how much we would have had to pay for Timothy Castagna or, you know, the other players that were kind of, almost there or almost here but the fact is that he went to another, I think he went to a Serie A club and now he's at Leicester so he's obviously on crazy money at Leicester mm. I think um, so I, I don't know I, I, I think I think we've done well so far, really really well, better than any of us expected I think in terms of the signings and the, the, the quality so you know, long may that continue and it's just it's just exciting to see who we could who we could uh, get in the door next. Yeah, but that twenty five million burning a hole in your pocket, I can tell. It is, yes. I will spend it for him if he wants. Um, I think your example there of Rogers and Castagna is a good one, right? Because at that stage, JP, the Celtic board might have been looking at it going right. We can win the league in season two by bringing in Johnny Hayes, Olivier and Cham, an unknown nineteen year old from PSG uh, on loan. Marvin Compere and Jack Hendry later on, we can still win the league. And that, I think, was their mentality. And what Brennan Rodgers wanted, maybe not by season two, but certainly throughout um, maybe the latter part of that season into season three under his tenure, is to push the envelope. Like you're saying, he's saying, well, let's bring in Castagne. Where was he? Was he playing in Italy? Was it Atalanta at the time? Yeah. Let's bring in Castagne. Um what would the what would that have cost the club? And I think the board at that time, rightly or wrongly, would have said, "Well, what are we basing this on?" Because he's not really done that well in Europe at this stage, is he? Brendan Rodgers mm-hmm. for Celtic. Whereas Ange and I'm, listen, I know that we could have done better. Bodo Glimp was a massive, a massive kind of uh, disappointment for his last season, JP. But I think we've seen enough to think, well, if, you know, if we get more building blocks in there, Ange might develop us on that stage. 
So I think the argument's slightly different. I mean, some might say that the Brennan Rogers side of his first season, Invincible Treble side, was a better team. That's an argument that could rage on for, for hours and days and, and weeks. However, I think that if Ange comes to the board and says, you know, this is the investment that I'm looking for, at least he can back it up in many ways because we have shown that we can compete not just in Europe but away in Europe, something that's been a big issue. I mean, the Martin O'Neill season that we were talking about, we lost every Champions League group stage game away from home. We lost the three of them and we lost to Valencia away in the UEFA Cup. So I think that we've shown some progress um, some might say not enough to to um, you know spend twenty five million quid in season two, but when will that time come, JP? When will that time when we embrace the fact that we are going to try and do something beyond the domestic game? When will it come? Will it ever come? That's a big question, I guess. Well, arguably, you can factor in and and, and put the twelve million spending of Jota and Carter Vickers down to last season. Mm-hmm. So. If you were if you were taking that out of the twenty five million, you're only really spending thirteen this summer because you've spent that already. You've committed to spending that in last last summer, so that money is to one side. So, Budgeted, what you're, yep. yeah, what you're really asking them to do is spend thirteen million, and asking a board to spend thirteen million when they've just got a guarantee of somewhere in the region of thirty to forty million for group stage football in the Champions League. Is that really a lot to ask? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You know, not really, no. I don't think. You know, you, you, I mean, you would expect a team when they've got guaranteed Champions League football to tool up accordingly for the competition that they're going to go into. You know, it's, it's not as if it's so alien, the alien concept of not having the qualifiers and not having that kind of oh, well, you know, we've got these players on the back burner that we might sign if we get in, and then this is the this is the this where we'll shop if we don't, and if we're into the Europa League or whatever. We've got that certainty. And somebody mentioned something about the following season and getting Champions League for the following season. How, I don't know, if somebody can maybe tell us in the comments, what, what is this, the state of play for the following season? Has that been decided? Like, if Celtic win the league next season, or this season, should I say, do we then get access to the Champions League? Or does that depend on coefficient points and all the rest of it? I'm going to say this because it was brought up in one of the, the WhatsApp groups um, that if you win the league this season, you go straight in again. It's a similar scenario to what it is this season. Right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong in, it, in the comments. Um, I know that is it Miravchik67 does a lot of work on yeah. Twitter and he, and he shares that and it's you know it's brilliant actually the, the research he puts in but yeah from what I understand JP it's the same scenario next season so you, you could be looking at two big Champions League bounties and I guess I'm also saying let's not always just focus on the bounty let's focus on doing something whilst yeah, we get there yeah. to the party uh, the hello LP we need a sub goalie I do agree with that but you know um, there was a previous list and Scott Bain was on my list of players that we should shell out and move on but all I hear for Ange is how much he rates 
he's even calling him, is it Bainey or Bainsey? He's got a Bainey. nickname for him. Um, and he rates him, and I think he likes him as part of the squad. Um, so will we go into the market for another goalie? I agree that we, we probably should. Whether or not we will, I'm not so sure. Uh, no, Doran has to be Joe Hart followed by Kyogo. He agrees with you, JP. Cameron Carter-Vickers, an honourable mention because he was only alone, but hopefully becomes a permanent move soon. Absolutely agree with that as well. He's uh, obviously spoken about his future and Celtic put out a, a teasing tweet as well, JP, talking about international Celts, even though officially Cameron Carter-Vickers is no longer a Celtic player. Uh, neither does Karamoko Dembele as of today. What does the future hold for Karamoko? Where do you see his level at this stage? Let's be realistic. So, as a 13-year-old playing for a development team, heralded as one of the, the bright young things, won a European award, an individual award, um, make, makes his debut as a 16-year-old JP, plays in Europe at 16, now at 19. His Celtic career has ended you know, with a whimper. I just wonder about the people round about him. You know, you're always a bit, you're a bit concerned about people round about players like that and what they're filling their heads with, you know, or you should be this or you should be that or you should have played this amount of games or that amount of games and I don't know, I, I just I, I said before, there's there's not many stories of players that have left Celtic at his age that have gone on to do <coughs> excuse me, remarkable things at another club you know, so I mean I might be proved wrong with him um, but I, I just... I just think if there were, if he was going to be the player that we all maybe kind of thought he was going to be a couple of years ago, you know, he was in the Nike advert and all of that kind of stuff. If he was going to be that player, I'm pretty sure Celtic would have offered him a contract. I, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure, but fairly sure that Celtic would have offered him a contract. Why would they let someone like that slip through their fingers if he was going to be this? Mega star that everybody anticipated him going to be. Um, what his career will look like now, I have no idea. I don't know what interest there is in him. There will be interest in him, of course, but I don't think it will be at the level that he maybe expects it to be because ultimately he's not done enough at any level at Celtic to show that he is this guy worthy of this ridiculous contract, you know, and high high wages and everything else, which is probably where he sees himself. He'll have looked at, you know, his contemporaries, uh, you know, like, I mean, Odson Edwards only, what, four years older than him? Mm. And look at what, look what Odson Edwards doing. And Odson Edwards doing that because he was banging in goals at Celtic at 19 mm-hmm. and playing in the first team. So... Caramogo Dembele is now 19 and doesn't have a lot to show for his, his Celtic career. I, I get that he had a really bad injury that essentially ruled him out of most of this season. And who knows, it's a sliding doors moment. Had he not got that injury, he might have featured this season, but I doubt it. I mean, you look at our, you look at our midfield and forward line, is Caramogo Dembele getting a game ahead of... Abada and Yoka <laughs> and Maeda when he comes in and all that. No chance. Nowhere near it. And, and Abada's a great example. What he does as a 19-year-old at Celtic, you know, he's not that much older than Dembele. Yeah. And he's a player that uh, next season I think is going to be huge for Celtic if he develops the way that we've seen him develop in this season. I think, you know, there was always this, this um, worry and concern 
whenever anyone was writing about Dembele, the name Islam Farouz fell into the into the piece, fell into the yeah. narrative, and there was this concern that it might go the same way. And I can't say it's exactly the same because I mean he did play for Celtic, he did get game time. Um, but in the manner of his departure is going to be completely different because, you know, when Farouz left Celtic, I'm pretty sure if we could have done, we would have kept him because he was that, you know, um, highly thought of at the time. His career went south, of course, <laughs> literally um, mm. went south. Uh, and I think Dembele at this stage needs to find his level. And that's the big mm. thing that might be uh, a reality check for him, JP. Find your level, pal, because it's maybe not even Scottish Premiership. Find your, find your position as well, because I don't really know what position he is. Like, I mean, there's talk of him playing, like, played out in the wing or whatever, but mm. I don't really necessarily think he's a winger. I think he's probably more of a a number 10 or someone that plays in the hole, like a floating role, like that kind of, that kind of thing. But, I mean, he's so slight that, you know... I'm pretty sure, you know, Messi was probably told at a young age that he wasn't going to do the business, but he obviously went on to prove people wrong. But maybe that's more to do with Messi's mentality, you know, aligned to his football skill, obviously. But I, I just, I think Dembele clearly has skills, you know, there's no doubt about it. He's probably, a, a, a you know, full of tricks and everything else. But, you know, translating that into a game uh, in Scottish football, it's not. It's not. That doesn't mean to say you're going to be a great player. Do you know what I mean? I think. I think. I don't know. It's. A, it's a very. It's an interesting one because I, I. I would genuinely. I'm genuinely keen to see what happens next for him and watch yeah. how, how his career develops. Because when you've got so much fanfare at a young age, like that, it just reminds me of the whole. Uh, I mentioned him before, Sonny Pike, the boy mm-hmm. that was at Ajax. Yeah, yeah. On the big, on the big breakfast in the back garden doing. Keep I remember it. And, mm. and and you know like. Chris Evans and Gabby Roslin were giving it. Oh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a superstar. You, you saw him here first. Never heard them since. You no. know, um, no. and he was like an English kid at Ajax, which was, you know, in their youth system. It was this. This was in the sort of mid nineties when Ajax won the Champions League and stuff like that. With it when they had like that, he had a boot that. deal. He had a boot deal on a friend at yeah, that yeah. time. Uh-huh. Aye, and, incredible, uh, and you know, I I think it was Terry Henry said recently that that Ajax team is the best Champions League uh, winning team he's seen because of who they all were and what they all were at that age. You know, Cliver and Davids and all the rest of them. You know, and then they went they went on to have you know crazy careers with other clubs and won more trophies and more Champions Leagues with other clubs. So uh, yeah, to be at Ajax at that time. Incredible, and then it didn't it didn't amount to anything. So no, no, um, it's an interesting tale. But you're right, you know, a lot of that uh, attention at a young age doesn't uh, come to fruition. And then you've got guys that that work really really hard or on on fancies like Tony Ralston, who we spoke about at the top of the show, uh, who comes through and, and he's uh, he's a pivotal member of the Celtic squad going into season number two. There's plenty more questions, but you know what? We'll pick up on them next week, JP, because uh, we'll still be in the pre-season. And I'll let you all know what the Nottingham Festival is like tomorrow. What is a Nottingham crowd like? I don't know. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Hopefully we get a wee bit of sunshine. Um, a wee bit of colour in the cheeks, JP, tomorrow. I've never seen Jerry Cinnamon live, so that'll be a new one for me we, as well. We had him, we had him in King Tut's, uh, and he was not even headlining. And uh, he'd uh, been given 100 tickets to sell. He sold all 100 tickets. And uh, he went on stage, and people were going absolutely mental for him. And I wrote in my wee report at the end of the night at the time that 
I expected him to come back and sell out King Tut's um, based on that performance and the crowd reaction and all that. And he did come back and sell out King Tut's. But in no way would I ever have thought that he would be selling or sold out one night at Hamden and, you know, well on his way to selling out too. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that, yes. that's, more, that's more than what Liam Gallagher's doing. So he, Jerry Cinnamon is worth more tickets in Glasgow than Liam Gallagher, which is kind of absurd, but it's amazing as well. It's a great, great story. Yes. Um, you know, to, to, to see somebody like that, like that go from playing touts to 100 people uh, as a support act to then go and, and headline in uh, Hamden, head, headline in the National Stadium. <laughs> like, Do you remember who he was supporting? Do you remember who he was supporting that night? I've got a feeling it was either Raymond Mead, who mm-hmm. now plays bass with him and plays bass in Ocean Colour Scene. It was either Raymond Mead or a guy called John Lennon McCulloch. Oh, was... jo- listen, he watches Axon. Does he? Oh, I well. kid you not. He's a big Celtic <laughs> fan, is John. Um, I think he's dropped the Lennon uh, from, he has. from the name. And he's in our band now, I think. I think Child, Children band. of the State. There you go, eh? Yeah, living in Manchester. Big shout out to John. There you go, yeah. eh? Everything comes back to Celtic. Yeah, he was a nice kid. His dad was his manager, if I remember rightly. Like, his dad was kind of looking after him. Um, yeah, nice, nice kid. So it was either it was either Raymond or, or, or John Lennon McCulloch. Brilliant. Love it. Um, I'll let you know how I get on with Jerry tomorrow. Uh, aye, hopefully aye. I can uh, maybe get a wee chat with him as well. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure he's a Celtic fan. Yes. Um, yes. There you go. Look at that. All the good guys. Um, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, JP. I'll let you go away and have a wee nap again because you've been a busy well, lad. I'm and, head to um, Edinburgh working a gig at Sneaky Pete's tonight. Uh, Theo Bleak, if anybody uh, fancies it. Uh, she's very good, or they are very good. Um, the band. Um been a couple of different names in the past they were called St Martins at one point and way way back they were in a band that played the tea break stage when I was working at Tea in the Park and uh, they played that gig and then subsequently disbanded (laughs) and then came back as a different band, it's all a bit fractured but uh, the talent is still there and uh, playing, playing Sneaky Peach tonight so you enjoy that, JP. And um, thank you, everybody, for getting involved. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, every single one of you. Thanks for joining us on all the platforms. If you're on YouTube, like the, the video, subscribe to the channel, hit your notifications bell. We're working on lots of content. We're about to record another video in half an hour's time. Uh, thanks for all your support. And thank you, JP Mason, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.